0: Welcome to episode 30 of the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. I'm Lisa Fisher, a longtime broadcaster and journalist in Arkansas who's been in front of a microphone or a camera since the 1980s. I think of myself as the queen of Arkansas media. My guest for this episode is part two of the conversation with the one and only Pioneer Woman, Reed Drummond of Pawhuska, Oklahoma. You'll get to meet her right after this many of you listening right now have an interest in all things cooking. That's one of your connections to Reed Drummond. Well, I want to tell you about an Arkansas-based nonprofit that lifts up at-risk adults through culinary workforce training. It's called Food Jobs Work. The students there are people who have been homeless, incarcerated, in poverty, overcoming addiction, you name it. And they are trained and nurtured to give them the tools to move forward with their lives. Well, get out your calendar on your phone and look up Saturday, June the 5th from 4 to 6 Central Time. Food Jobs Work is hosting an online farm-to-table cooking class, and all ticket sales directly benefit the programs. The event will feature how to use locally sourced vegetables and proteins, as well as the basic knife and cooking skills to turn your food into something amazing. It's $100 per viewing link. For more information, go to the show notes or look them up online, foodjobs.work. It's a worthy organization. I am giddy about this next sponsor of the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. It's FerrisBurrowsFarms.com. It's an outstanding family here in Arkansas that produces primarily grass-fed beef that's raised with no hormones, no antibiotics. Okay, now I've perked up your ears, right? Because that's the only way I would buy beef. Ferris Burrows Farms sells quarters and halves of beef to you directly, the consumer, but also variety boxes and individual cuts. They aren't shipping right now, but for Central Arkansas residents, they can deliver the halves or quarters to you, the variety boxes you can go pick up. What the customers love best is that their beef comes in clear, vacuum-sealed packages for longer freezer life if you're interested in trying this out go to their website ferrisburrowsfarms.com or check out my show notes she won most talkative in high school and she has been running her mouth ever since welcome to the lisa fisher said podcast with your host lisa fisher Okay, so another cookbook. This is part two of our chat with Reed Drummond. Another cookbook coming out. How many is this total for you now?
1: Oh gosh, this is seven, I believe. I could be I'm, off. I think seven. I'm sure I
0: have them all. Yeah, I love them all. So I, I it's oh, amazing you. that you can think of a new recipe. And I mean, how many recipes do you put in these? 40, 50, 60? Oh, it's 120 in this one. And usually... <clears throat>
1: It, it it's it has ranged from about one ten to about one thirty, believe it or not. So we landed at one twenty this time. But um, it's kind of it, that's one of the questions I get asked the most is how in the world do you do you come up with that many different recipes? And I swear, some days I think I am I am one season away from completely being out of things to cook unless I do it standing on my head, and then we can just say you know. They're all new recipes because they're upside down or something. But, right. uh, you know, but the thing is, if, if you ever slow down, that's when it stops. But as long as you stay engaged and, and creating and uh, a lot of things obviously are built on other things I've cooked. They're sort of variations on the theme and uh, things sometimes I try in, in restaurants if I'm on a trip and I, I go home and, and kind of do, a, do an at-home version of it. But yeah, that it's every now and then you kind of get a little overwhelmed by the amount of recipes. Now, some of the recipes in this cookbook um, are are recipes that I cooked during my quarantine months of my cooking show, and the part of what informed some of those recipes and the reason I'm calling the cookbook super easy is that we were, you know, really stuck for a good time frame without certain ingredients and i had fortunately a freezer pretty full of staples and some other kind of freezer friendly supermarket items um or i would have been sunk uh, in some ways i went into our restaurant and kind of um depleted a few things in there but so a lot of the things are uh freezer supermarket items uh staples i call them superhero shortcut ingredients. And I have a whole section in the cookbook that shows you the glory of prepared pestos in jars and pouches. And then I've got Cool Whip front and center, Lisa.
0: And I'm not
1: not (laughs) afraid to admit it. I've got some Cool Whip uh, friendly recipes, but I've also got some great just quick soups that are uh, elegant that just have kind of a little shortcut ingredient that you'd never know. And so I I am... uh, I've got a little brain fog these days. I don't know if it's the, the 2020 events or the fact that I have a wedding coming up or maybe it's because I'm 52 and, you know, I'm no spring chicken, but all the some days I'm just good to remember, you know, where my, remember to, to put on a shirt. I get um, you. So super easy really is kind of where I am with cooking right now. I'm not looking to set any culinary records.
0: (laughs) But one thing you haven't done, Reed, that I really respect, you don't go with the current trend of keto, paleo, gluten-free, grain-free. You just cook. You cook so that people will eat it. Because the other cookbooks that are the niche, that's, families don't want that. If you've got humans to feed, and that's children, husbands, grandparents, relatives, they want real food. And that's pretty much how you've kind of put your course is to real food. Don't you think that's part of your success? Well, yes. And I, I appreciate having those cookbooks uh, available
1: for, for the times that you want to kind of find out what a certain way of eating is all about with with keto, especially I did try keto once. <laughs> uh, and then I, I, I stopped keto. It, it actually worked for about 10 pounds, but then I just got to a point where I could not eat another avocado. And mm. I love avocados, so I knew something was wrong. You know, if, if I'm tired of avocados, but uh, but in terms of the the cookbooks that that I want to create, they definitely have to authentically represent what I'm cooking my family. Otherwise, it just it just wouldn't work at all. And uh, practically speaking, keto or gluten free or dairy free probably isn't something that the Drummond household is, is going to, um, adopt. Hopefully no one will have to do that. But, uh, so it's, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of nice just to stay in my lane. Basically. It doesn't mean that I don't, I'm not willing to try different things. And in fact, in my previous cookbook, it was called the new frontier. I did try a, a few, a handful of recipes that could have been considered, um, Low carb and a little bit keto friendly, and uh, but when I when I saw them in the finished book, I thought those. I'm not sure those belong in my cookbook. You know, they're, I, I, they're still delicious and I love them, but uh, that's why this this cookbook is so hilariously on the other end of the spectrum with my uh, cool whip and my um,
0: you know store bought pizza dough. And people will love it. And they love authenticity, I think, more than anything. And that's one thing that translates with you on camera or off. I I was watching um, an Instagram Live one time, and your girls, I guess, it was around Christmas maybe it was Christmas Eve or something, and they were doing, and you must have been in your home. So for those of us that watch, we think you live at the lodge and you don't, but you were in your home. And it was just funny how I could hear you raising them. Like we all raise our girls, you know, telling them, please don't let them see this messy closet. Please don't let them see. Oh, was that the Instagram live? Yeah, yeah, it was the Instagram live. Yes. Yes. Oh, and it was just gosh. so fun to watch because I thought every parent, every mom can identify with that. It's bringing home the neighborhood kids when the beds aren't made. You're like, wait, oh. wait, wait, let me go in here and get some things cleaned up. And they were panning the room and they were, well, they were make, they were cooking. I think Alex, no, maybe Paige, one of them was cooking something that night for your family. And it was just yes. fun to watch that you're just a, you know, you're the cool well, mom, but you're a regular funny- mom. Here's the
1: funny thing about that. So my, you're so tr- you're so right. The girls just go rogue, and they're I mean they're gonna show they're gonna show the piles of underwear and <laughs> and things that, fortunately, the Food Network audience usually doesn't see. But, uh, the, Paige was making a chocolate cake for I think it was Christmas Eve, and so Alex said Paige and I are gonna do an Instagram live, and and so she had the the phone propped a certain way, and she and Paige were okay, now you do this. And Alex is sort of interviewing Paige. And I was watching from across the room like, oh, they're so fun and that this is cute. And then I watched the Instagram Live playback and Alex, the, the camera, the angle of her camera caught this part of our kitchen ceiling that the boy's upstairs toilet leaked. And there's this horrendous like stain on the ceiling from a big plumbing meltdown and the vent cover is off the ceiling and it just it couldn't have been any worse and it was just right there and I'm like Alex everyone can relate we get (laughs) it everyone has stains on their ceiling but but I just had to laugh I was like of course when you're 23 you don't care about things like that so uh but yeah it's uh sometimes the girls will just go rogue and it's, it's, those are the fun parts though. We laughed about that.
0: I saw where you one time mentioned you're an Enneagram seven, correct? Yes. Yes. Firmly, Same. do you have? Are you an eight wing or a six wing? I'm an now, eight wing.
1: Okay, I don't know, and do, I don't even know enough about enneagram. Do you, are, do you have to be a wing that's either one up or it, one down? It would have
0: to be yes, but okay. not everyone. I think some people are true to their number, and I could be wrong, but I, I've heard people say some people are just their number, and they may not have a wing. So, what is in the that, six? What is the six wing? The six, um, they're the skeptical loyalist. And then the eights are what the CEO of a company is. They're the one that can come in and be forthright with people and are opinionated and don't realize sometimes that they might offend somebody they don't mean to. They're just, they're truth tellers, but they're I, I very have a direct.
1: Very, I probably have a tiny eight wing, not a six wing, but I, probably yeah. tiny eight wing, but not a lot. I'm very, very much a seven
0: Yeah, me too. So I get that. So that does, that I think is part of the allure of the Pioneer Woman and the brand is that you do like to have fun and people like seeing, especially during COVID, watching your show was just respite for our brains to see that people, there was more than one person there, no one, you didn't have masks on, or maybe you did. I don't remember, and this is not a political conversation, but the point is your families having fun being together. And that's just, you know what, we're, our country so divided over everything, over the, this pen would divide an entire country right now for some reason, because it's black ink and someone would say, well, you don't like brown ink. Well, no, I just have this pen. So watching you and your family get together like that, I just think is what the country needed and still needs. Well, that that's so kind
1: of you. And. I think, uh, well, being a seven, you can you can probably relate to this. I was just, uh, I was reading, you know, you can find some pretty uh, in-depth descriptions and analyses of your Enneagram type. So, of course, I'm a seven, so I'm going to read about seven <laughs> because, Right. you know, I need to know more about myself, I guess. But uh, I think I read somewhere, and this is so true, that uh, a seven... Well, it, it, we give all of our energy in social situations. And it, when I'm among a group of people, I just don't, I, I'm so afraid that somebody's going to be bored or unhappy. And so I do just intuitively, I converse and, you know, try to be funny and tell stories and I enjoy that. But then the flip side of that is that I just go dark. I, I just uh, get home and turn on Bravo, and you know, get get in my yoga pants, and I I know that I have to replenish my energy in between times. And so when I've been on book tour before, I love book tour and I love book signings because I I look everyone in the eye and I we talk and I h- hear from them. And then I go to the hotel room and suck my thumb for two days, you know, <laughs> right, <laughs> before right. and after and order room service because uh, being a seven is, um, I'll, you know, it takes a lot of energy. So, um, but it, it's good and that that's who I am. But I was, I, I had to laugh about that. But I'm only a seven well, because I allow myself to um, really replenish in between times.
0: Well, that's known as an ambivert someone who is both an extrovert with introvert tendencies to recharge. My recharging would be at Carnegie Hall. I would leave the group then to go to another group, then to go. Like when I leave the party, I go, now where can we go? And my husband's going, whoa, 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 whoa. He's worn out just watching me do my thing because right. intro, so introverts that You are a
1: true extrovert and I am definitely, mm-hmm. I have to go to the party and then I have to go home and get settled.
0: Isn't that good that we can know ourselves and know that it's great? I mean, that God made us so unique and we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And part of that is someone may be a full extrovert, someone else is a full introvert and either one can conquer the world. So
1: that's, yeah, I and think, as encouraging. You, as we women, you know, ever get, if we, as we get older, our, our yeses and our noes become so much more um, decisive, I think. I'm so much better at saying no at the things that I know will deplete me and, uh, you know, saying yes to the things that I know will feed me or that that are in line with the things that I like to do. So I think when you're a woman and you're younger, it takes a lot longer to learn those lessons because we do want to be everything to everybody. And we are everything to everybody once we start having kids and we've got a spouse and a a job and, you know, it it is uh, we have a lot of plates in there. So um, it's nice to get to a point where you you know yourself enough to know that that saying no is going to feel a lot better than saying yes and dreading it for weeks.
0: Well, then is it easy for you to say no then to your agent or to anyone who kind of has their thumb on you for you to go, that's not a good fit for me?
1: Very, very easy for me to do that now and, and to push back. I, I, I am very good at pushing back on uh, aesthetic things. Like my, when I, when we do product development and something isn't right, I'm just like, I, I cannot have a plaid skirt it's not, you know, that's just an example but Right. Okay. Or even uh, this, this does not look like me. So it's easy to do that. But, um, sometimes with, with opportunities, uh, it, it can be, it, it messes with you a little bit because you think, am I just being, am I just being a home buddy if I say no? And, uh, but I, I, again, I know myself enough at this point that I know that if I say yes to this, I'm going to feel cringy later. I'm, I'm going, it's not, it's just, I'm going to dread it. And I would rather, I would rather turn down opportunities and not have to dread anything.
0: Now, whatever happened to the movie On Your Life where we thought Reese Witherspoon was gonna play Reed Drummond, is that, I know Hollywood is obviously on a cost, you know, red light, yellow light, but um are you moving forward with those kind of projects or can you even mention that you now?
1: Oh yeah. So well that was 2010 uh when Columbia slash Sony bought the uh movie rights to Black Heels to Tractor Wheels, the book that you mentioned. And that was the little love story about Lad and me. And uh so it was really fun at the time. I got to meet Reese Witherspoon and the, the producer who was initially interested and assigned to the project was a, an amazing woman named Laura Ziskin. And she was a very powerful female producer in Hollywood. She had produced uh, Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire. And uh, she she just felt a little bit of a, an attachment to the story and, and I got to meet her. She was amazing. Unfortunately, she passed away from cancer uh, probably about 2014, I would say. Uh, and at the time her, her projects were tabled. Now her partner, uh, a really great woman named Pam Williams uh, and I got back in touch a few years after Laura died and Pam wanted to sort of uh, bring back black heels to tractor wheels and uh we we talked about it and possibly being sort of more of a tv movie situation and and i ultimately just kind of decided that i think the the ship had sort of sailed on on the story and i love the story on its own and i think it would take a lot of work for me to keep it in the the re and lad realm and not not let it become too uh you know silly and (laughs) too, uh, you know, too movie-ish. So we decided not to do it, but it was, I have nothing but great memories from that whole experience. I got to go and, and meet Reese and had a great day and we meet some great people in the process. So, uh, but that's a, that's an example of something that I, we could have made it happen, but it just, uh, it would have required a certain level of management and energy from me that uh, wasn't right for me anymore. So
0: um, it's, the book stands on its own. It's a great book. It's a sweet book. And that's something everyone should get a copy of. Now, let's talk about what you like to binge. Are you into the true crime genre like the rest of us?
1: I, yes. So I, I was a big early true crime podcast person. Um, Serial, of course, podcast. Adnan Syed was my first big binge. I I actually binged it driving my daughter to Texas A&M. So that's
0: <laughs> that's great.
1: Uh, and then I listened. Did to- Did you do
0: Sugar Town or S Town after that?
1: S Town is my favorite podcast of all time, and I just wasn't listened. that great. It's beyond. It's a it's a work of art to me. Mm-hmm. To me, it's like a Pulitzer situation. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I put a lot of stock really good. in the podcasts I listen to. But I just think that's. I I just I cry when I listen to S Town because it's just so beautiful. And my two friends, uh, Sophie Hudson and Melanie Schenkel, we, we'd we like to talk about S-Town because uh, Sophie, they're they're old blogger friends of mine, but Sophie lives in Alabama, so uh, she she can kind of relate. But I, I got to a point where this is kind of embarrassing to admit, but I think I'm desensitized. And so it takes a lot of true crime to hold my interest. Um, it either needs to be really well done like the original serial podcast or it just has to be the craziest story that I've ever did heard. Did you do
0: the then did you do the Dirty John, Doctor Death and all that? Because those were good. Dirty and then John recent- was very good. Dirty John was very good, and then they made that into a series. Um, but the Lori Vallow story just dropped. Dateline now. Keith Morrison has his podcast, and you know everything he says. You're doomsday, Mom. This. I listen to it. Oh, was it not unbelievable? It was. And it's, That's... that story has not been told. I mean, the whole story has not been told because there's still there's still more to that story. That is so a heartbreaking there...
1: story. I, I also love. Uh, I, it took me a while to give this podcast a chance, but my favorite murder with uh, Karen oh, yeah. Kilgariff and Georgia mm-hmm. Hardstark. I started listening to them on a uh, on a book tour, and they sort of became my friends. <laughs> Just <laughs> Did in my they, mind, do they know that? Yeah, right. Well, right, right, no, right, right. probably not. But uh, in my mind, they were my friends on planes, and I, I'd listen. But um, so that, and but then my other binge, I'm hopelessly hopelessly devoted to Bravo shows, particularly Vanderpump Rules and um, a lot of the Real Housewives franchises. And part of it is, it's like, I've been in this relationship for so many years with these women on Real Housewives (laughs) and I can't walk away now. I have way too much time uh, and focus invested in our
0: relationships. (laughs) There was drama yesterday with the Salt Lake City Wives so you'll have to Google that when you get a minute. Oh but, yeah. And um, in fact,
1: I haven't watched Salt Lake City yet. I so I, I tend to stay to my stay with my OG cast, but I people are telling me I have to watch Salt Lake. So um Yeah. You know, it, and I'm not I'm just not ashamed at the TV I like to watch. It's it's kind of my
0: safe place and But does your so my husband walks in and he'll go, Let me guess, another, you know, true crime. And I'll say, Yes, this one is abductions, though. I had a big abduction thing where I was watching all the abductions. And he'd say, Cause murder's not enough. I'd go, huh? Because once you get sucked in, then you start looking on your device. You start, it'll it'll show you if you're interested in this, you're gonna like this. And then you go down a rabbit hole. So I do it also because Hulu has some obscure ones that aren't well done. I mean, they're lifetime movies. They're not that great. But clearly, I have the time to watch them because I get sucked into those as well. So I get, get it. A
1: lad. lad is a total uh, just spectator to my, you know, downward spiral of crime uh, media. But what, what I do, I do two things. So I it's uh, my AirPods are my best friend. And I've been on the mother of the bride diet, so I'm doing a lot of walking and rowing and uh, but I've got to have a podcast when I walk down our road. And unfortunately I listen to true crime most of the time and I scare myself and you know, cause I'll be like two and a half miles from our house on a rural road and I'm like, this is where it always happens, you know. But then um the other part of it is <laughs> I'll give I'll, I'll listen to a one episode podcast, you know, some, some podcasts just cover one crime per episode and then Ladd will come in and I'll be on my computer like Googling like Columbia, Missouri Oh, totally marital right. murder and you know, right. I look, there are these mug shots and Ladd will walk in and go, what are you doing? You know what,
0: what are you doing? I'm like never you mind. Did you watch the one on Hulu? Um, I think she might have gotten the Academy Award for it, where she was the mom with the Munchausen syndrome by proxy and had Gypsy Rose, the daughter. Well, I listened to- Oh my gosh. I listened to- And I listened to a podcast with that. that. Right, me too.
1: That was something else. That is an incredible story, really. Um, Yeah. I forget what, and did you listen to, this is one of my favorite uh, true crime shows ever, The Jinx. On HBO, no. which is Robert Durst, uh the heir to a big fortune. You have
0: to watch okay. the jinx. It's amazing. Putting it down
1: right now. It's got such a major development at the very end.
0: Okay, speaking of good shows to watch, did you see your honor on Showtime with Brian Cranston? No. He he it was better than his breaking bad days. It's probably the best work he's ever done. And some of it was shot during COVID. And so it delayed their production, but it it's one of the most, I, I had trouble sleeping. And I like my husband and I couldn't watch it <laughs> before seven o'clock because then we couldn't sleep. We'd lie in bed talking about, well, now what's gonna happen? Then what do you oh. think is gonna happen? And it's, 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 it's the length you would go to, to protect a child. Okay, is it a true story? So, no. no. See, but, I have
1: a hard time. I, this is another, this is a problem I have is that I have a really hard time with fiction. I, I have to consider agree. I understand. Documentaries and real, I want to see the news clippings and- Me too. Lad cannot stand documentaries. He wants to oh, be taken that. away with a, <gasps> I mean, you know, a big, epic movie. And he wants to forget about real life when he watches Then TV. did you see-
0: crime scene at the either Cecil or Cecil yes. Hotel and Night Stalker because yes. in Night Stalker had a part in the Cecil or Cecil Hotel however yes. they pronounce it that he was a part of that and that those are crazy stories and it had actual footage from LA from 20-30 years ago whenever well his was in the 80s but the other things with that hotel that was crazy I and that so every bit of that for, is true
1: I feel sorry for your listeners who have no interest in gory crime things <laughs> Because oh, we, I can't imagine. I could talk on and on about it, but. Uh, then they're yes. not my
0: people. My, my <laughs> people are people that want to know about these stories about families that they have no idea who they are. And then you spend all your time on your device going down the rabbit hole, catching up with what has happened since then. Cause that's what happens once, you know, these are produced, as you know, and then they drop, but it could have been in production 18 months ago. Well, since right. then, something's happened.
1: Right. Um, you know, I think what I like, I, some, I because I'm, I guess I keep saying because I'm getting older, but when it starts, when it gets into the realm of child abuse, uh, I do, I, I can't, my heart breaks too much and I can't listen. I can't do it. Mm-mm. But what I really love is the justice side of things. I love... Uh, not necessarily the investigation but i love it when the guy or or woman gets caught and th- there's justice you know for especially for families um but i, I you know and i've been listening to a lot of white collar <laughs> crime podcasts like uh uh what's it called um the, uh, elizabeth holmes um the um, Theranos, put, the the big corporation. She it was worth billions of dollars, and it was all sort of oh, uh, smoke and mirrors. I guess, oh.
0: The Dropout
1: is the name of the podcast. I highly recommend okay. it. But it it's, okay. it's just interesting, just watching sort of the the okay. just the whole thing that unfolds. So um, I can't explain. I'm trying to put a, a positive spin on why I listen to crime stories but i girl you don't have to justify with
0: me no you're good because um i'm looking at my list i keep a list on my phone of what to watch the whole free britney thing uh there was britney spears podcast oh tv show that was hulu i think or that was somebody you know what you just start googling and you'll find out yeah yeah new york times did that right oh then you know i (laughs) watched the paris hilton the paris hilton biography so good so so good. It's um, really nice. It's
1: nice to see the the story that was really happening as we were seeing, you know, all of these celebs right. of become famous and and the. But it, it is interesting to see, you know, the struggles and and the real the real story because everybody has a real story, you know. Behind the Paris
0: Hilton one affected me that way because I watched her be, be a wayward teen, and we were we were manipulated to watch one side of the story when her parents really were thinking this was not the best fit for her. Of course, they sent her to that camp and she was abused and, you know, that is that is uncovered in that documentary where then her mother is presented with this harrowing story that her own daughter was abused at this camp where they sent her off to. And so my heart broke as a mother. Oh, gosh. But I also just watched that and thought, I had no idea. I just thought she was some... Dumb blonde, and she's really smart. Paris Hilton is really smart, and now oh, she's can't grown wait up. To watch. And, I love, I love seeing things like that
1: where you get get to know a person on it, you know, a, a lot better I, than what you've yeah, always I, believed.
0: Mm-hmm. I think I had a lump in my throat. I think I, you know, I get, I cry easily anyway. But I over empathize with people, so I put myself in their shoes and think, oh, that's how, why you walk through that. That's why this happened and and then once you start seeing the other stories that were woven in like britney spears that mental illness is not funny so it's never funny to me and making fun of somebody during that just not funny addiction's not funny to me but once you start seeing that that's woven through the story it makes sense so my cynical mind always thinks when i hear a story that there's addiction or mental illness a part of it because it's such outrageous behavior And not as a judgment thing, but just as a deductive reasoning. And I guess it's all those years listening.
1: That's another, here we are getting older again. I'm talking about it, but you do just have such an increased understanding uh, after raising children and and having family. And and you you do understand that uh, trauma, how trauma plays into a person's decisions in life and, uh, you know. Abuse and neglect, and and, uh, certainly I've learned that in my foster parent training that was required uh, when Jamar came to live with us. So I just love—I love learning about uh, human beings and and you know what, how how things build into decisions and and you know why people take one path over another. And so um, I. Watching a documentary about Paris Hilton and Britney Spears is just another way to <laughs> increase our perspective about, you know, the, re-examining things we've always believed about uh, people, you know, that we know—not just celebrities, but people in our own families. So uh, it's good to kind of knock down assumptions that we've always had and, and re-examine things.
0: Well, that's Point your two. assignment. You watch two, those. seven enneagrams are getting deep today. That's, I know, because we want to have fun, but we also want to understand people. I always like knowing about people. So I've got my assignment, the jinx, and then the dropout, and then you've got your assignment, the two, um, the Britney Spears and the Paris Hilton ones, and uh, we'll uh, talk via social media somehow. And so we will I know both
1: th- read three uh, Dostoevsky.
0: Oh, wait, those are hard words. Not really. Okay, all right, I'll have to put that down too. <laughs> hey thank you so much for doing this to my live studio audience in the other room we thank you thank you thank you ladies thank you so much thank you for those ladies thank supporting uh, foster care thank you Reed, to uh, that you the way you support foster care Oh uh, thank you. Okay. Do you know how bad stress is for you? I mean, truly, it affects your health in so many ways. I'm a student right now at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, and I'm learning about stress and reducing my stress. You know how you can reduce your stress? It might be taking some of the load off yourself and maybe hiring people to help you. Molly Maid of Greater Little Rock, wherever you're listening to this right now, mollymade.com can help you. Don't stress the mess, call Molly Maid. Molly Maid has helped me for about 12 years keep my home in working condition. They help me so that I can do all the things I wanna do. I spin a lot of plates, I always have. And the way that that's done, and it helps reduce the stress for me, for my family. My husband loves a clean home. I love it more than he does. My kids know when they come to visit. I have things in order. Those are things that are important to me and reduce my stress. It's because of Molly made Don't stress the mess. Call Molly molly mollymade.com. Thanks for listening to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe and download all the episodes and leave a review, won't you? The Lisa Fisher Said Podcast is produced by clantoncreative.com.